We're back. And it is Tuesday. Glad to be back here in the studios again today. Folks, it's your host, who? It's Radio Strongman, Kim Wade. I am coming to you alive from WY. Hey, wait. 103.9 FM. Folks, it is Tuesday, and we are pleased to announce that on July 16th at 10.30 in the morning this past Saturday at the Cathedral of St. Peter the Apostle, 123 Northwest Street, Jackson, Mississippi, Dixon Wesley Lindsay became a what a deacon a diaconate <laughs> a de, was a de, he became a deacon so uh, he is a it says he's d i a c o n t c o n a t e so that's a diaconate uh, so he's uh, walking around with the uh, the uh, pope clothes on downtown Jackson swinging lanterns and uh, with uh, incense and everything so if you see the uh, the newly minted deacon out there bow down kiss the ring. So Dixon is now Dixon Deacon, Deacon Dixon, or whatever. And uh, uh, so he can do the hand gestures thing. Bless you, my child. Bless you, bless you, bless you. So he's doing all that there. So he is officially a deacon after going through rigorous training and education and uh, a period of uh, silence and abstinence and celibacy. And he just did without everything. He did without talk radio. The sacrifices man made become a deacon, deacon, diaconate, <laughs> a deacon. Uh, we had tip to Mr. Dixon uh, for making the transition so he can no longer hang with us heathens. Uh, but uh, uh, maybe I can buy some indulgences from the brother. You know, I can go to confession. Deacon, look, 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 look. I had to crack his head open, man. I was, it was either me or him, deacon. Say something to the Lord for me. Howl at your boy. Anyway, uh, put in a good word for me. Uh, you know, don't don't let me get up there to the gates and I'm. Um, hey, Peter, it's me, Kim. Who? Who? Kim Wade, Radio Strongman. Uh, let me check. Nope, don't see anything. Well, check the spam folder, something, man. I know I'm in here somewhere. I'm Radio Strongman. All the good I did down there. Uh, Kim, we don't see your name. I'm sorry. Could you step aside and keep? The- we can keep the line moving. But no, no, I need to talk to somebody. Management. Do y'all know Dixon Lindsay? He the one told me I was straight. He checked my paperwork. Before I turned it, he checked everything. Uh, and Peter get to sucking his teeth. Mm, can't wait. Boy, your stuff messed up. Mm, what you going to do now? So now, now I want to see Dixon. We're we going to have some heated fellowship. He done took all my money down there on earth for Look, Wade, uh, look, I tell you what, a few more extra pounds there, brother. You know, put a little bit of money in the tip jar. Things going to be all right. We may have to get you in there on a wild card berth, but I think I can get you in. I was misled. Mm. But anyway, congratulations to Mr. Dixon, Wesley Dixon, uh, Dixon Wesley Lindsay. He is now a deacon. So if you see him in all the, what is it, the invest- investitures and he got on a big pointed hat and, and, and a scepter and all that kind of stuff. You know, this, you, you're talking with the boy. He got juice now. That's right. So anyway, happy uh, uh, happy uh, matriculation, I guess, graduation or certification or dedication or some kind of some kind of cation. Happy, happy, happy to you, brother. 
But anyway, it is Tuesday, folks. It's an open forum here at WYAB. You know, I, 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 love, I love Tucker Carlson, the way he cuts through things. And for all you Biden supporters out there, uh, last night or the night, night before last, I mean, he just basically, he just called, he just said President Biden is a traitor. He's a traitor to this country. I mean, he's not in China's back pocket. China's all up in his. But anyway, we're going to play a clip here to the chagrin of my uh, uh, upper echelon here. We're going to play a clip of Tucker Carlson explaining to you the gas prices and how we, the American people, we've been sold out. You Biden supporters, you sold out with us. You can't you can't avoid that pain at the pump. But I'm going to let Mr. Tucker then I'm going to talk about some local issues. Uh, I had a chance to visit a group last night and we'll talk a little bit about that, too. But first, this is an education for you, Rod Green. And all the rest of you Biden supporters out there, and you know who you are. Those of you who voted for Joe Biden were so happy. You screwed yourself. You screwed the country. But also, we're also going to talk about Clay. I didn't know. I was listening to Clay this morning. He said he had a, a sit down with a Michael Grimy guest, Mikey G. Mike Grimy guest sat down with Clay Edwards, morning talk show host. The realities are. And uh, I will be touching on that, too. But first, let's go to Tucker Carlson tonight. Good evening and welcome to Tucker Carlson. Tonight, happy Wednesday. Just a quick recap on the never-changing rules of the world. The three things that any functioning country must have in ample supply are food, water, and energy. Those are the fundamental necessities of life. Not diversity, equity, and inclusion. Food, water, and energy. If you have a surplus of food, water, and energy, you win. If you don't, you lose. Now, that may sound unfair, but we did not make the rules. Nature did. We can choose to ignore them, but those rules will never change. Sorry. Thankfully for Americans, we live in a country that is remarkably abundant in all three of those things. The U.S. has the most fertile farmland in the world. We've got more potable fresh water than virtually any other place. And critically and rarest of all, America has the largest recoverable oil reserves on the planet. We are number one in that category, and that matters maybe more than anything. Now, they may be telling you on CNN that so-called renewable energy, windmills and solar panels are about to power the world. But that's absurd. And no one corrects them. And somebody should because a lot is at stake. If your nine-year-old starts telling you, I'm like Superman, you have to correct him before he jumps off the garage. The stakes are high. So it is incumbent on the rest of us to point out the people telling you that have no idea what they're talking about. We are not remotely close to a green energy power grid or anything even approaching it. In fact, as of today, the world is powered, as it has long been, by fossil fuels. Fossil fuels, that's where more than 80% of global energy comes from. Not from windmills and solar panels. From oil and gas and coal. And that is not going to change soon. In fact, the world's fastest growing economies, that would be India and China, are using more fossil fuels than ever, not less. So why is Every person in charge, from the people who make the ads at Nike, to the energy secretary, to the president of the United States, to every anchor on every channel on television telling you exactly the opposite. We'll give them the benefit of the doubt. At best, they are ignorant. They're not engineers. They are politicians and ideologues. They're the ones telling you that boys can become girls just by wishing it so. And they've commanded the rest of us to believe that. But unfortunately for them, the principles of social justice do not apply to power grids. You can't just rename them and get something different. No, you have to create new and better power grids. And we are nowhere near that. And we will not be anywhere near that during the course of our lifetimes. Sorry, that's reality. And you cannot yell loud enough to make it change. 
For the foreseeable future, oil and gas are essential to civilization in an utterly non-negotiable way. And that should be great news for America, because here in the United States, we have a lot. We are rich because we are rich in natural resources. That's why we won the Second World War, for example. When previous generations said, as they often did, that God has blessed our country, this is what they were talking about. Yet suddenly, strangely, the United States is suddenly experiencing shortages of both food and energy. And that's why prices of these things have risen, because we don't have enough of them. How did that happen? You should know if you care about the future of America, your children's future, you need to know how this happened. Well, Joe Biden offered his explanation of how it happened today at an event in Ohio. Watch. We made incredible progress on the uh, progress on the economy from where we were a year and a half ago. We got a long way to go because of inflation, because of the I call it the Putin tax increase. Putin because of gasoline and all that grain he's keeping from being able to get to the market. It's just embarrassing. It's grotesque, actually. And at this point, it's dangerous. And no one believes a word of it because it's provably untrue. And we feel, since this is a news network, a moral responsibility to prove that it's untrue. So here we go. Months before the war in Ukraine began and somehow Vladimir Putin secretly seized control of gas prices in the United States. How did he do that? Before any of that happened, the magic happened. Sober people, a petroleum analysis firm called GasBuddy, decided to do a simple calculation. They wanted to put rising gas prices in context. Here's what they did. Math. They determined every year-over-year price change in gasoline prices in the United States going back to 2002, 20 years. And they found this. From November of 2020 to November of 2021, that would be roughly from Election Day to the end of Joe Biden's first year running the country, gas prices in the United States went up by more than 66%. That was the single highest year-over-year increase since 2002, which happens to be the year that government started tracking those data. Now, this happened before Russia invaded Ukraine. Why did it happen? Super simple. Joe Biden, on the campaign trail, told us he was like Superman. And then he proceeded to jump off the garage. He told us he was going to end fossil fuels. And because no one took him seriously because he's senile and wasn't actually going to win, no one followed up with, what are you, insane? How are you going to do that? And so he kept going. And then he became president somehow. And then he followed through on that promise. He canceled pipelines. He terminated oil and gas leases. He rejoined the Paris Climate Agreement without explaining why we should. And by the way, if the climate is such a crisis, an existential crisis, And China and India are using more fossil fuels than they did 10 years ago, and nobody says anything about it. Maybe they're not really sincere about this global warming thing. And then on top of all of that, Joe Biden pumped trillions more dollars into the U.S. economy, thereby devaluing the U.S. dollar, making everything, including energy, more expensive. You know what happened. That's all true. And it was done on purpose. It was done to change our energy supply from what is cheap, efficient and the source of all of our wealth to something that Biden and his donors control, the green economy that will make us poor and that is, in fact, causing famine around the world right now. So that's what happened. As a political matter, since this is still sort of a democracy, it happened way too fast and scared the hell out of people, and polls showed that. Democrats and Republicans, no matter who they voted for, were worried above all about rising energy prices because it hurt them directly every single day. And by the time Vladimir Putin invaded Ukraine, the Biden administration had found a scapegoat. Maybe that's why they encouraged him to do it in the first place, which they did. So Joe Biden started yelling, it's Putin's price, like Putin did it. But it's so dumb. 
It's so provably untrue that no one believed it. Even people who wanted to believe it, people who voted for Biden, who want windmills and solar farms, they couldn't believe it because it's absurd. And in an election year, that's a huge problem. So the administration had to do something. That's why in late March, in an act of desperation, Biden did maybe the worst thing that he has done since becoming president. And that's saying a lot. He started to sell off one of this country's most important natural resources, one of our most valuable assets. It's called the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, the SPR. It's controlled by the Department of Energy. So what Biden could have done is produce more oil domestically. But that would have been too easy and too good for the United States and its long-term interests. Instead, he decided to do something so crazy and so dangerous that only someone who was intentionally trying to harm the United States would even consider it. But most people never even noticed. Here was his announcement, in case you missed it. Today, I want to talk about one aspect of Putin's war that affects and has real effects on American people. Putin's price hike that Americans and our allies are feeling at the pump. I know how much it hurts. Our prices are rising because of Putin's action. There isn't enough supply. And the bottom line is, if we want lower gas prices, we need to have a more oil supply right now. Today, I'm authorizing the release of one million barrels per day for the next six months, over 180 million barrels for the strategic from the from the strategic petroleum reserve. This is a wartime bridge to increase oil supply until production ramps up later this year. And it is by far the largest release of our net of our national reserve in our history. You see this black box right here? Well, I'm going to show you something right now. We'll take a break. Some people right are concerned we'll right that they back. might have to go for a long period of time. Those out there, when you go to the gas pump, you'll know. I mean, if you want to buy into the Democrat line, that's fine. But first, I want to tell you about Cork and Door Company. Folks, they've been providing quality garage door products for over 30 years. And folks, they're offering you the cutting edge on garage door products. That's right, folks. They sell you that, which you have never thought of. You know what? I just thought the garage door would go up and down. That's all I needed. And No, they can have your home stand out, be unique, and be one where you say, wow, I had never thought I could do this with my garage. And it gives you so many more options inside the garage. Give them a call today by calling 922-3667 or 922-DOOR, area code 601, or check them out online, Door C-O-R-K-E-R-N, door.com. In the process of building a brand new home, you need to replace a garage door that's just totally giving up the ghost. Well, you need to call Cork and Door, 601-922-3667. On the web, C-O-R-K-E-R-N, door.com. All right, let's go back to Tucker Carlson tonight. Watch that and you realize really the whole point of the Joe Biden presidency is to humiliate the rest of us and think less of our own country, the place where we were born. You can just imagine Barack Obama and Susan Rice and Ron Klain, people who truly dislike the United States as currently constituted, saying, let's make this guy president. That'll grind it in their face, a guy who can barely talk. So it's hard to hear anything Joe Biden says because it's hard for him to say anything. But if you listen carefully or read a transcript, you will learn what he just said is that we're releasing a million barrels per day for a total of more than 180 million barrels from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, which is held in caverns in a couple of states. How much is that? It's a staggering figure. So let's put it in context. The reserve can hold more than 700 million barrels total, but it didn't have that because Congress, by the way, as you haven't been paying attention, has been selling off our Strategic Petroleum Reserve 
pay off debt. So by the time Joe Biden arrived, there was far less than that. There was about 568 million barrels of oil in the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. Now, no president in American history has ordered a drawdown this large. In 1991, at the beginning of Operation Desert Storm, which was an actual war with real American soldiers involved, the U.S. government released 17 million barrels of oil as a way of assuring a stable supply of global crude. The U.S. released just 20 million barrels after Hurricane Katrina destroyed parts of the Gulf Coast where so many refineries are. But now we're releasing many times that figure from the reserve, all to protect the Democratic Party from getting what it deserves in the midterm elections in November. And as a result of that unbelievably reckless, in fact, criminal decision, our strategic oil reserves are now at their lowest level in nearly 40 years, and they are dropping fast. Again, none of this needed to happen. There was no reason to tap our strategic petroleum reserve when we could produce the energy here. And we're, in fact, producing it until Joe Biden took office. But at the same time, you have to be honest, principles of supply and demand would suggest that this would work in the short term. Releasing all this oil should have lowered gas prices until the reserve ran out, which it will. So you inject more petroleum into the market and prices for gas should drop. But here's the amazing thing. That's not happening. Since Joe Biden started releasing all this oil from our reserves, which he does not own, you do, we do, what has happened to gas prices? They haven't dropped. They've kept going up. Huh? In mid-June, the price of both regular unleaded and diesel, critically, hit all-time highs, well over five bucks a gallon nationally. How could this be? It really was a mystery. It violated the most basic rules of economics. But now, thanks to a new report in Reuters, we know why. It turns out the oil being released isn't for us. It's going to India and China. According to Reuters, and we're quoting, more than 5 million barrels of oil that were part of a historic U.S. emergency reserve release to lower domestic fuel prices were exported to Europe and Asia last month. The piece continues, quote, cargoes of SPR crude, oil from our reserves, were also headed to the Netherlands into a Reliance refinery in India, an industry source said. A third cargo, buckle your seatbelt, headed to China. To China. So as gas prices set records in this country, as American citizens who are born here and vote and pay taxes cannot afford to fuel their own cars, the Biden administration is selling off our emergency oil reserves to China. That's not an indictable offense. It's certainly an impeachable one. And they should impeach him for that. What are they going to? Sell the redwood forest to China next? How about the water rights to the Great Lakes? That's the equivalent of what he just did. Now, if you're keeping track, they didn't even need it. China and India already have access to very cheap oil from Russia. Why? Thanks to the Biden administration's lunatic ban on Russian oil imports. For moral reasons, it was a moral victory. The people of Ukraine, remember that? Zelensky. He was George Washington, said George W. Bush. You wouldn't know George Washington if he got in the shower with him. According to customs data, China spent $19 billion on Russian oil, gas, and coal earlier this year. That's double the amount they spent over the same period last year. India spent $5 billion on Russian oil. That's up five times from what they spent a year ago. So we just made Russia a ton of money. That's why the ruble is so strong as the dollar is getting weaker. Russia has raked in $13 billion in additional revenue from India and China compared to the same period last year. Following all this? This is how we're punishing our enemies? By selling off our own most valuable assets and watching Russia and India and, my God, China get richer? Now, on top of all of that cheap Russian oil, China 
is getting petroleum from our emergency petroleum reserves. The crude, by the way, in the SPR is the best crude that we have. It's called medium sour crude. It's the easiest to process. And we're giving it away to a government whose whole goal is to displace us on the global stage and crush us. The Chinese will be cruel masters when they run the world. They're not like us at all. By the way, that country, China, also happens to be a longtime business partner of the Biden family. He's crooked. Now, a functioning Congress would investigate this immediately. The last president was impeached for, for what? Having a phone call with some corrupt Ukrainian politician? <laughs> but no, they can't be bothered. They're still yelping about January 6th. It was an insurrection. They're trying to ban your hunting rifle. So the White House is able to ignore the whole thing. Here's Joe Biden's glass ceiling breaking publicist just yesterday. There's a Reuters report um, out this morning that says that more than 5 million barrels of oil that were released from the emergency oil reserves were exported to Europe and Asia last month, and some of it reportedly was actually heading to China. Uh, is the administration aware of those reports, and um, you know, does, it, does the president mind that some of this oil that was meant to uh, ease pain for consumers is headed overseas? I have not seen that report, so I would honestly have to go look into it and see what what the truth is in that in that uh, statement that you just laid out and see exactly what's happening. I, I just have not seen that report. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. All right, folks, we're back. It's Tuesday. And I had mentioned that Dixon uh, the, it was going to be on the 16th, which has not happened yet. So I had not missed your uh, uh, investiture or whatever they call it, uh, Dixon. So I'll try to be there next Saturday. I thought it was this weekend. But anyway, uh, we'll get into that later. Uh, we're going to get back to Tucker Carlson. And the reason why I'm playing this, because it's very important. Our government is absolutely corrupt. Our president is owned by the Chinese government. This is further evidence of that. The money, I mean, the oil that was sold to the, to the company that sold, uh, I mean, that was sold to the company there in China, our president has a 10% interest in that. His son has a 20% interest. And that oil is sold at low, low prices. And uh, everybody's making out on this but the American people. Go ahead, Mr. Producer. Dumb be that arrogant, or is there actually a connection between dumbness and arrogance? Probably so. But if someone asks you in the White House briefing, oh, by the way, is the U.S. government selling our strategic petroleum reserve to our main enemy in the middle of a gas shortage, you probably should have an answer or at least seem embarrassed that you don't. It's a very simple question. Why does customs data show that we are sending millions of barrels of oil to China? Huh? It's been 24 hours since that briefing. We still don't have an answer. And of course, that tells you what's really going on here. This is not a mistake. It's intentional. As if to make that as obvious as possible, over the weekend, Joe Biden's communication staff tweeted this out under his name. Quote, my message to the companies running gas stations and setting prices at the pump is simple. This is a time of war and global peril. Bring down the price you are charging at the pump to reflect the cost you're paying for the product and do it now. What is like nationalizing the gas stations? So he's attacking small businesses in the United States. Running a gas station is not a profitable gig. It's not like running Apple or being a private equity baron or doing any of the things that Joe Biden's donors do. It's not like being Nancy Pelosi who somehow got super rich. How'd that happen? No, it's a small business. So he's blaming them as he sells our national assets to our enemies. So no one with a basic understanding of economics 
can pretend to justify what that tweet says. It's just too stupid. Even CNN wouldn't swallow it. Watch. Christine, it's like there's a bad smell in the room and the president is just pointing to the dog. Yeah, I mean, but look, he, this is a real problem for the White House because people put gas in their car all the time and they're feeling, feeling this pain. They say there's so many factors at play. It's not like you can just lower the price of gas, you know, with waving a magic wand. And the president was talking about the people who sell the gas. The 145,000 gas stations are independently owned. They're small businesses, essentially. And they have higher margins on their candy bars that they sell than they do on their gas. Well, exactly. And that's literally true. They make more on a Snickers bar on a percentage basis than they do from a gallon of diesel fuel. But we may be blaming the wrong people here. Corrine Jean-Pierre, <laughs> please. She has no idea what's actually going on. She just reads from the binder, barely reads, whatever. They have to workshop sound bites like Putin's price hike. All right. They're not making any decisions. The people who are making decisions are former Obama staffers like Brian Deese. He runs the National Economic Council. He's Joe Biden's top economic advisor. You can thank him. We should put his picture on the screen more often. On Thursday, he told us accidentally maybe what's actually going on, why the Biden administration is deliberately sabotaging the United States by crushing our energy supply for the benefit of China. Watch this. Well, what do you say to those families who say, listen, we can't afford to pay $4.85 a gallon for months, if not years. This is just not sustainable. Well, what you heard from the president today was a clear articulation of the stakes. This is about the future of the liberal world order, and we have to stand firm. The liberal world <laughs> yeah, order. Yeah, we've got to stand firm. <laughs> the liberal world order. How's that working for you, by the way? Yeah, is Jackson, there anybody who is happier because of it, except for people like that? No. But they don't care, because you will own nothing and be happy. What they didn't tell you was that China will own everything, including our oil supply for the Great Lakes. All right, folks, we're trying to educate you here. There are people out there who need to hear this. It's not. It's going to fall on deaf ears in some cases. That's fine. We understand that. We can live with that. But this is what we want you to understand. Our country's being dismantled by this administration and those who support it. To all you black Democrats who were so happy, baby, you ain't even seen hard times. We, we Our country is, I mean, everybody's going to suffer. But I want to continue to remind you of the unique role that you so proudly played in serving this country up to our enemies. You're going to rule the day that you did it. And we're all going to suffer for it. But, I mean, we are. It is what it is. We are where we are. But I'm just telling you, folks, this thing is going to be hard. We're going to be hard-pressed to hold this together. There are so many people working against the interests of the American people. Uh, I said I was going to mention to you I was listening to Clay this morning. He said he had an opportunity to sit down with Michael Guest. He was invited to sit down and discuss, uh, you know, the election and Mike Guest and his policy, yada, yada, yada. <clears throat> and uh, Clay asked him the questions that we all wanted to be asked and yada, yada, yada. But here's the thing with Michael Guest, or as I call him, grimy. Michael Guest is our enemy. We can, we, we can dance around. Look, you don't even have to believe it. Time is going to bear witness. Folks, when I point something out to you, Hoss, I'm not, I'm not trying to cast aspersions. I'm just describing in, in, in terms where you can get your head around. He's grimy. He's trying to play both sides of the fence. Okay? He doesn't have any real uh, 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 morals or, uh, that we thought he had because he's gotten up there. And he, if you want to talk with someone about, okay, well, what is it you wanted to hear? Uh, what, what is it I need to do? Hoss. 
As my grandmother would say, doing right isn't hard, Michael guessed, grimy. It's making the decision to do right, which you won't do. And you said, you told Clay, hey, uh, I just couldn't come back and say it. I mean, you know, I got bad advice. Well, if you got bad advice, that means that you don't have a, a moral compass. You didn't have a frame of reference. You don't have a plumb line in what you're operating from. Now, if you were really contrite and concerned about how your vote played out, you would check on the welfare of those folks being incarcerated in the dungeons of uh, D.C. jails. But because you don't have any integrity, and this is all a game, you're trying to scam people, you sit silent and you want to talk with Clay, you want to talk with Joe Blow from Kokomo, all that's fine. But if you were really concerned, and there's plenty of evidence out there now, particularly in light of the bombshell revelations that came out of the whistleblower uh, from the FBI who released the fact that the FBI itself coordinated, planned, jailed, ensnared many of the January 6th protesters. Now, if you were seriously in, uh, contrite and concerned, you check on their welfare. You're not going to do that. And you know the law backwards and forwards on how jails are supposed to be conducted based on how the uh, uh, consent decrees went on here in Mississippi for, I mean, for jails and prisons, etc. You understand that. But you're not going to do it, Mike, because you're not sincere. Now, you may think that oh, Kim Wade just don't like me. Well, whatever. You know, you went however many years without even knowing me. So whether or not I like you or not, it's not going to change the price of eggs and vice versa. What we're talking about is the integrity that you held up to the world, just like Jeff Sessions, just like Mike Pence. When the spotlight of freedom shined on you, you shriveled. You couldn't stand up. You couldn't get. I can't say that, but you didn't stand up. So if you want to prove your bona fides, if you want to prove that you're sincere, use your standout position as one of the Republicans who voted for the January 6th committee to bring a spotlight to the to the plight and conditions of those people in the jail. You're not going to do it because you're bought and sold. And you ain't even interested in trying to prove me wrong. That's why I say, bro, I can read you to the ground, dog. It ain't personal. You're weak. You don't have a sack, man. Our number is 601-879-0002. Let's go to Mobile Bob. Hey, man. Hey, man. What's up? Hey, yeah, you're absolutely right about, again, all those names you named. When the spotlight got on them, they folded like lawn chairs and mm -hmm. <laughs> just didn't want to stand for the country. And like you said, and like Tucker said, they want to impeach Trump over uh, some call to that corrupt Ukraine jerk because he said because claim he Trump didn't want to give them what whatever money they were supposed to get. It was so irrelevant. I don't even remember what it was to impeach Trump over anymore. You right. ask the average person, they don't know either. Right. That's how irrelevant it was. But these this blatant open corruption in our faces. The media doesn't care about, or they don't see. What well, they do care about, they do see. They, just don't they are a part of it. They are part of They're part of the criminal enterprise. They're part of the conspiracy. Exactly. <laughs> they see that, and, and they are completely bankrupt in the country by design. They want to do to us what happened to Sri Lanka. Mm -hmm. Sri Lanka's biggest problem is that nitwit prime minister they had borrowed a ton of money to try to go get to, to, to implement the Green New Deal and the ESG, and to get his ESG score up. When it didn't work, he, now he uh, got all his money he owed, 
and your country's broke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's the same thing they want to happen to us. And they're well, we're already on our way. way. Yeah, I mean, we're we're attempting to fight a war, about to go into World War Three, a world war, and we got to borrow money. We're using up all our munitions. Uh, in the Ukraine with people who aren't trained to use the weapons. So you got to ask the question, where the hell the weapons are going? You know, we're spending all this. We're not replenishing it. We don't have the money to, to replenish it. Uh, we're being set up to be destroyed. And Michael Guest is part of that, along with all the other people in Congress who are working uh, uh, against Donald Trump and the patriots in this country who are trying to say, hey, man, you don't have to destroy our country. Say Yeah, just that laptop alone should have a Biden out of the out of office. You're talking about the laptop. That's and regular media hardly ever mentions it. While everybody, we give Fox News credit, they sure showing constantly what's on that thing. The guy is a degenerate. The yeah. latest one, he was arguing with a girl over uh, the price of crack, where they mm-hmm. win some crack on a scale. <laughs> like, like if Donald Trump Jr. or Donald Trump anybody. Marion uh, Barry. <laughs> Mary, can he, exactly. he couldn't even enjoy a, 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 a crack pipe in a hotel room without... Getting his high blow. That blew his high, too. Exactly. <laughs> but, if, but meanwhile, they wanted to put Donald Trump Jr. under the jail for supposedly talking to a Russian lady. Mm. Just talking. Not, not, not that he put much of money out of his strategic reserve to give to a Russian oil company mm-hmm. like Biden just did. He, just a conversation that was enough to try to supposedly put him in jail. How come the, uh, the attorney general... How come there's no special counsel? Even if the Republicans win in November, then they're going to be asking for special counsels on these things? Mm -hmm. And if they did ask for one, you think his attorney general recused himself and give him one? No, they're not going to get it. The Republicans ain't going to do anything. Look, our country is ran by, uh, like I said, it it has devolved into gangs. These these people are, they are are standing on either side of the trough where all the money comes in. And they're just moving around and pretending like they're making changes. Michael Guest proved that. They don't care about the American people. All Trump tried to do was give us a fair shake, the American people, Main Street, a fair shake. And look at how everybody in the media and everybody in government came down on this man because they're at the trough. They're, they're able to dip their hand in there and dip their beak in there and, and, and eat well. They don't, give, they don't care whether or not we have it. Look, it's going to take a revolution at this point. It's going to take Sri Lanka-type uh, 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 response to get these people's attention, which they're afraid of. Which is why they have the National Guards on the street of uh, D.C. Now, that is an insurrection in mm. Sri Lanka. Yeah. That's what you do when you go in there with an the insurrection. Won't be too much longer before. If, well, I guess they don't have guns in Sri Lanka. Otherwise, those would have been brought out, too. <laughs> but that's, there is your insurrection going, going on. That's not a little, tip, a little uh, protest rally that happened in, on January 6th. That may have been the problem with it. It wasn't an insurrection like that, and maybe it should have. And perhaps it should have been. I but, think. Uh, I, go ahead. But these folks are just, I mean, they're beyond incredible. Yeah, you're right. Maybe we'll take uh, a revolution at this point. Because like you said, the, the, the problem is we've got too many Republicans in there that either uh, back finalists or in on it. They're and in the linchpin all started with Jeff Sessions when he recused himself and didn't stand with Trump and say, look, I, there's no crime here. You all go pound saying there will be no special counsel. Right. That's right. Jeff Session, he was the linchpin. He was the man who, who everything, I mean, it was like the decision uh, Pontius Pilate made. You know, he asked, Jeff Session was that guy. I mean, when the spotlight shined on Jeff, and just like same thing with Pence when it came to the electoral count, 
these guys folded. After all this talk about their stoutness of faith and yada, yada, they weren't interested in doing the right thing. They were interested in being uh, uh, seen appropriately by enough people or the right people. They were a respecter of persons at the end of the day. Yeah, they needed backbones and spines like Clarence Thomas. Yeah. They fo- and a couple of the other support court justices, I'll give them their credit too. They got folks th- uh, picking in their houses and sending them threatening letters in the mail. I guess succession didn't want that. Had he stood his ground, Trump would have wouldn't have would have been spared at least a couple his first couple of years, the three four years, his first term in office without this ridiculous Russia hoax hanging over his head that Jeff Sessions had to have known was a hoax to begin with, right. and he should not have gone along with this special counsel crap. Right, because he's worried about uh, being seen as interfering with man. Please, this is what I keep saying. Uh, at the end of the day, Charles ever said it best. When you're in charge, act like you're in charge. Don't be exactly. asking for permission. Mobile, we're up against a break, bro. Right, man. We'll be right back. All right, folks, we're back, and it is Tuesday. And uh, it's the final few minutes of the first hour of the Kim Wade Show. You've been educated about the gas prices, folks. It's not Putin. It's your voting habits. Folks, I also want to remind you, they're expecting rain, of course, uh, the weather report saying rain for the next four or five days. Uh, various uh, intensities, etc. You're going to find out if that roof is going to hold up, whether or not it's leaking, even if the one that you got replaced, whether or not the contractor did a good job. Well, when storms come through and hail and wind and all that, and your roofs suffer a little damage, well, you may not even know. You need to call DickersonLLC.com. That's right, Dickerson LLC Contracting. That's what they do, folks, roofing. And they do a, a good job. They know the insurance process inside and out. And many times you don't know. You don't know what's right. Or, you know, are they giving you the right amount of years or how long the roof has been up there? Just all the little. You don't do this every day. Dickerson Contracting does. You can check them out on the web, DickersonLLC.com, or you can call the 800 number. 800, excuse me, in this case, 844-937-6636. 844-937-6636. Thirty-six, or just type in DickersonLLC.com and you'll see all the contact information and uh, you'll get a complimentary storm damage assessment. When you see your neighbors getting their roof replaced and people up there working on there, the storm came through your neighborhood. You probably need to have it checked out. DickersonLLC.com. They're located right there in Ridgeland, 127 East 4th Street. Now, not only do they do roof, now they're good general all-around contractors, too. They've been around about three decades, too. They do good work in all that they do. I commend them to you highly. Dickerson is licensed and bonded and insured. Doing the job, they'll keep you informed every step of the way. Dickerson Contracting does every job right with the best products and the finest workmanship. That's how they roll. DickersonLLC.com. All right, folks, when we come back, I mentioned to you I had the opportunity to visit with a group last night. I heard them on I heard one of the spokesperson on WMPR a couple weeks ago and he said, Hey, you need to come down to our meeting at eight o'clock on Fair Street. I mean, excuse me, six thirty to eight o'clock on Fair Street on Monday night. I said, Okay, I'm gonna put it on my plan to try to get down there. Went down there, had an interesting uh, interaction. I'm gonna pass it on to you. Folks, do not doubt me. When you hear Radio Strongman make an assessment about where we're going and I handicap the political landscape, you can make bank on it. I may not say it the way you wanted to say it, but Hoss, I'll be right, right on. When I told you what's affecting the black community, was Democrat heads, I'll prove it to you again. Oh. 
All right, folks, we're back, and it is Tuesday. Glad to be back here in the studios again today. It's your host. It's Radio Strongman. All right, folks, we've uh, uh, touched on, uh, again, I like the way Tucker Carlson succinctly brings it all home, get it into your head where you can understand it. Much of this information, people just, you know, any folks aren't just not going to accept. That's fine. The bottom line is uh, you can evade reality, but you can't evade the consequences of evading reality. The reality is our country has been taken over. Our leadership, and particularly in the presidency and his cabinet, uh, they're beholding to what appears to be China at this point, but they're certainly not beholding to the American people, the Constitution, or anything else. But that's fine. We're going to weather these folks. We're going to beat them down. And for their treasonous, treacherous behavior, they're going to pay with their lives in many cases if history is any indication of what happens to traitors. They will swing from a, uh, a, a hemp rope, a renewable resource, if there's any justice in this world. All we asked was to be left alone. Oh, no, no, no. They're not interested in that. They want to roll up on us and tell us how they're going to. They're going to bring the world population down by 7.5 billion people down to 500 because they say so and you know what i'm telling you and what i suggest and this is my heart i'll i have that same kind of resolve not to let that happen you see how openly and freely they talk about killing us killing us off and then if we say anything well you know you you're advocating no i'm advocating self-defense and let me be clear about it i'm gonna have my self-defense at your expense because you're going to show me how bad you want me to die by dying for what you believe, if I have anything to do with it, and if I have to have anything to do with it. So all I ask is to be left alone. That's not enough for you, I understand. You feeling your Iron Chest Charlie routine, you've been drinking that, whatever you've been sipping on, got you feeling full of courage, fine. They bury heroes too. This is not tough talk for somebody who just wants to try to talk to That's not it. I'm just sitting here looking at the political tea leaves. These people are rolling up on us. They're putting their people in place. And as the gentleman, the prepper said last week, we Christian patriots and rednecks, we can't depend on necessarily a foreign government coming into like they did in 1776 when the French rolled into, uh, uh, forgot, Chesapeake Bay or wherever it was and uh, helped turn the tide of the war. We can't expect that, but we can depend on, I'm not fooling with Vince today. We got Vince on the line. I don't even want to talk with him. He can call WNPR. They listen to that crap all day long. Matter of fact, I think it's a, a angry Negro millennium over there. So you can call over there and get your anger on. I want to hear your crap. Uh, you can also call Jameson. He'll listen to you, not me. I ain't trying to hear that today. But uh, uh, here, here's the deal. Uh, Michael Guest needs to, if he wants to try to find out what the people want, we want you to go and check on those folks who are sitting in the jails of D.C. And because you were one of the Republicans who joined in for the call for a January 6th commission, if you say something, if you raise your voice, it's going to amp- it's going to be amplified by the fact that you have credentials and bona fides with those people. But this is what I've noticed in my 66 years of living. Just like it was with Tate Reeves. When he was he was pounding us with the COVID mandates, listening to uh, the scarf lady and Dr. Fauci following their every lead, the CDC, he wouldn't give us any relief. Going to jail, people who try to operate their business just to put food on their own table while he gets his check 
on the 1st and 15th for him and his wife and his girls. He didn't give a damn if anybody else starved. He did press conferences four or five hours at a time. And now that the evidence is clear, the whole thing was a scam, you can't get him to talk about it. But just like when all that was beseeching the people of Mississippi, and I was calling on the pastors, many who stood with Tate, who, who yielded and followed what the government instructions were, understandably so. But they were in a position just like Michael Guest, grimy Mike, by virtue of the fact that they followed the orders of the governor in the state medical director, Dr. Dubious Dobbs. They were in a unique position to go to them and say, hey, man, you know, make this make sense to us. They didn't do it. They were afraid. Even when there was nothing at risk, even when nothing was going to happen to them, when they were in the best position to say, hey, we come bearing no harm. We supported you. We've been there. We've taken the vaccine. We, we shut our churches down. We told Christ to take a, take a sabbatical while we handle this disease on our own, on our own strength. We did all that for you, Tate. You could have just went to Tate and said, hey, Tate, uh, make this make sense. You wouldn't even do it, just like Michael Guest. You say you for one thing, but you won't put any political capital on it. Oh, it costs something to follow. That which is right. It cost. So that's where we are. But last night, folks, when I left here, I went to uh, 800 Fair Street. I had heard, uh, it turned out to be who I was hearing was Dr. Uh, Ivory, longtime activist and uh, former uh, teacher there at Jackson State for many years. And he was talking about charter schools and public schools and how we need to get involved and Turns out his position, you know, he, at the time when I heard him on WNPR, he didn't sound like he was just anti-charter. He didn't sound that way. But he said some, he made some comments that raised my eyebrows. It's okay. And then as he was going off the air, he mentioned, because uh, uh, he was a call-in, as he was going off the air, he said, uh, if you want uh, more information on this, we'll be meeting on Monday night, 630 to 8 o'clock at 800 Fair Street on the corner of Ferris and Mill. So I went down there last night to, to get more information, and I got more information. They are, uh, well, let me just, this is what they're encouraging. They're, they're, this is what they're encouraging, and this is a letter that they wrote to the educators, but it's, uh, I would assume it's for everybody. It says, we represent preserving and improving JPS, which is a group of citizens in Jackson who are advocating for the reservation and improvement of Jackson Public School. We believe that some decisions making that we believe that some decision-making for the district should come from those who are directly affected by the decisions. The root of education in our community is clearly defined by Reverend Martin Luther King, who said education must enable one to sift and weigh evidence, to discern the true from the false, the real from the unreal, and facts from the fiction. The function of education, therefore, is to teach one to think intensively and critically. Using that purpose of education, we are extremely hopeful that you will assist us in the preservation and improvement of Jackson Public Schools. We encourage our education leaders to, one, speak directly to JPS Board for improved educational opportunities for scholars of the district and advocate against the growth of charter schools in, in Jackson and in the state of Mississippi. Two, encourage 
your members to become informed on the performance data. Now, at the, you got to understand this was written to the educators, and a similar letter was written to the pastors. Encourage your members to become informed on the performance data of charter schools in Jackson area and help them to understand that the charter schools have not increased student performance. Number three, encourage your members to speak directly to the JPS board for improved educational opportunities for the scholars, a.k.a. prison trustees to be, of the district and advocate against the growth of charter schools in Jackson in the state of Mississippi. That's a common theme. Number four, allow for the circulation of petitions and surveys related to the improved educational opportunities for scholars of the districts. You see all these, this is basically just run on sentence. I mean, it's a bunch of abstractions, but that's another. If we invite you to learn more about our group by attending our open strategy sessions every Monday from 630 to 8 at 800 North Fair Street. All right. Now, here's the thing. I went down there and uh, they gave me the opportunity to voice my concerns. Right here, they said, uh, number two, charter schools have not increased student performance. Well, here's the thing. JPS and public education in general has had a monopoly in this state to do whatever they wanted to do or not do. If they wanted to educate the kids, they did that. If they didn't want to educate the kids, they didn't do that for a variety of reasons. Social, economic, political, uh, community standards or whatever. They didn't do it. Now, JPS wouldn't be in this position to be fearful of charter schools if JPS was doing a job that parents wanted done. They're not. If it's a babysitting service, yeah, they're, they're doing that quite well. If the parents just want a five, six, seven, eight hour vacation while their kids are in school, that's understandable. But JPS left the opening for charter schools to come into this area by their poor performance. The same, they say, poor performance that is happening at the charter schools. Now, what uh, I found about this group a little bit of time that I was there is that they're not asking JPS to change anything. I mean, I, I take that back. They did give a list of things that they do. I think I have that here, too. Uh, I'll find that here. I do have it here. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, it's a survey, but anyway, we'll get to that. It touches on things that they think need to be done. Uh, they're not putting pressure on JPS. To, hey, man, you guys need to raise your score. When four out of ten third graders are not reading at grade level and those who are reading at grade level are failing in other areas, and this group here doesn't have any concerns to JPS, so a parent who wants their kids out of that school so that they wouldn't fall into that four out of ten that can't read. This group here saying, no, you can't have that option. Why is that? And you know what I found out about the group? Those folks down there is just as old as me or older. Everybody sitting down there with gray hair, retired, living in fat city. Most, I think there's only one or two people in the private from the private sector there. Everybody else was government related in terms of their career. Don't get me wrong. Ain't nothing wrong with being the money green. Don't get me wrong. That's not the point. The point is that isn't it, isn't it interesting that we want to sit up here and deny parents of today their educational choices and opportunity because we want them to have a public education. As I mentioned to them down there, in my whole entire life, none of my mentors, elders, seniors, ever told me, Kim, public education is the key. You ain't never heard that until now. 
when you were learning to read on a chalkboard in your grandmama's kitchen, what did she tell you? She told you education was the key. Now, these rented out Negroes, in my opinion, trying to sell you on public schools as the answer. Okay, let public schools be the answer. Let public school answer the question. Why aren't you training these kids? Now, let's get back to the charter schools and what they are or are not doing. Now, I was I had the occasion to go down to the charter school on McDowell Road. They had kids in there who were clamming up in public schools because, number one, Many of them were intimidated. They were afraid. They were afraid of getting jumped on by bullies. They were tr- afraid of getting jumped on by queers in the bathroom, both male and female. Parents were worried about their kids getting beat down because the child was slight of build. And they wanted their kids to be in an environment where that wasn't going to happen. That's one improvement in the lives of these kids. Well, they said, well, education, these kids aren't performing. Okay, well, you take a child who is not who's already a grade or two behind when they get to charter school. Even when, and, and I've seen the instance when I down there in two or three months time, some of these kids were able to come out of their shell and start grasping, participating in class and growing. No, they didn't score the highest score on ACT or the, whatever the next uh, 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 state mandated test uh, that came in. That was a before them. They didn't do the best on that, but they were on the incline in terms of their learning ability. And this group here would say, no, that's not enough. You know what they kept saying to me? What about statistics, Kim? What about statistics? I said, Hoss, the statistics are I'm going to be out of this damn Mill Street and Fair Street by the time it get dark because those damn statistics going to steal my car or break in it. When I go to the stop and go in Jackson, Mississippi, I see all those statistics standing out there panhandling or creating an environment where I don't feel safe. Those are the statistics you need to be concerned about. But because they don't want charter schools, they want to push the the statistic aspect of it. But what about the statistics of those sitting down in the Hines County holding facilities down there in Raymond? How many of them didn't finish school for these reasons that I just enumerated and the ones that you know of or the one Dr. Green know of? We don't talk about that. Southern Poverty Law Center and NAACP aren't interested in these kids after they no longer uh, are viable statistics that they can go uh, before Carlton Reeves in the fifth, uh, excuse me, U.S. District Court and get some kind of injunction to uh, keep the schools from providing quality education purposes. So these uh, lawyers for these uh, 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 law centers can make money for their group by suing the government and making the government pay us their attorney fees. No. I told you the reason why the black community is doing bad because of set aside Negroes, black for a living Negroes and these Negroes who want to free the land. Folks, if you ever want to see your community go down when they move in. Everything's going down. The cost of living is going up and the value of life is going down. Write it in blood. Matter of fact. You can write it in blood from the bullet hole that's going to be in you if you're in the wrong place at the wrong time, like sundown, in any place Democrats are in charge. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. All right, folks, we're back, and it is Tuesday. Glad to be back here in the studios again today. And we have on the line with us Nurse Jay. What's up, buddy? Hey, man. Kim Wade. How you doing, my friend? 
Good to hear you, man. Good to be heard. What's going on with you? I wanted to chime in on uh, the charter school situation. Yeah. What I myself did go to private school until the eighth grade. Then I went to Wingfield High School in Jackson. I wasn't the best student. Uh, the only time I made the honor roll was the first semester once I got out of the alternative school. I had a troubled past in high school. It took me nine years and having dropped out of junior college before I realized how intelligent I was once I got to the the university level when I really wanted to do what I was going to do. Right. Charter schools weren't available back when I graduated. Mm -hmm. I got missed by the system and not challenged to my full potential, uh, having had diagnosed learning disabilities that I learned to overcome through discipline. And now... Well, you know uh, what? Hold on. Hold, hold. Let, me, let me just say this here about your overcoming a disability through discipline. Uh, back in the day, that would have just been a foot up your butt. That's all. You would have got, got that early on. Boy, they would have been waiting off in your backside making you read those Nikes. Oh, your attitude. But now... You know, you got all these, these kids got all these defense funds running interference for them. You just can't get that kind of discipline, uh, you know, like I said. But uh, keep on, keep on. You, you well, overcome right. all that. And I, I got to put up my backside at home mm -hmm. by my father. Right. Who understood that I could do better, but did not know how to yeah. point me in that direction as far as schooling goes. To get it out of Because you. modern schools are a box that they put everybody in. Mm -hmm. Charter schools take higher intelligence children who have problems and take them out of the box in order to make them productive. Well, you know what? And let me let me stop there because we are trying to delve into this charter school thing. Charter school takes who comes through the door. And what happens is the people who come through the door are parents who are concerned. Uh, in many cases, the parents may be like your parents. They really don't know what they uh, need to do. They're trying to do something, and yet these group who are anti-charter schools saying that all oh, their chair picking the best know what happens is these kids get with uh, uh, get in an environment where the best can be brought out of them. The public schools don't do that because you got too many old heads like that group last night who have lived a good lifestyle and want to go in there and try to relive the '60s and the '70s, as opposed to saying, "What does my child need? What is this?" I asked them last night. I said, "Well, why don't you have some of the parents from the charter schools come down here?" You know, but go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I, I do want to illuminate as you go on, because these charter schools, look, they're like everybody else. Everybody's trying to do something to solve the problem. And in the black community, I would say 80, 80 percent of the advanced degrees black people have are in the social sciences where you're learning how to help everybody else get back on their feet, get back on their horse, yada, yada, yada. By that measure, we should be knocking out of the park, producing people who can function in society. And all we get is more people who want to work with people who are non-functioning. And I'm saying, wait a minute. At some point, you supposed to have, we don't need 100 black men. By now, we should only need about 10. But go ahead. Just me. Right. So, uh, for example, one of my problems <laughs> was with mathematics. Mm -hmm. Because they want to teach everybody on a sheet of paper or a chalkboard how to do mathematics. I did very poorly uh, in algebra. And although I had test scores, ACT score high enough to go to college algebra, 
I didn't have the discipline to do it right. when I was in junior college. I learned algebra on construction sites. And then years later, when it was time to get serious about taking algebra, I was able to do it and pass with good grades because I had done it in real life. Mm. Well. So with, with charter schools and special learning programs, it's not because, you know, the kids are special ed uh, in the old school sense. Mm-hmm. It's the fact that they need to go and pull a tape measure on the sandbox on the playground in order to understand Pythagorean's theorem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'll, look, I failed college math twice. Third time I got, I got an F, D, and a C. And the uh, only reason I got that C because I went to summer school, took it in night school in summer back in Illinois, back in Joliet, and they drug me kicking and screaming through that class. I thought they were going to have to burn the college down to get me out of, <laughs> out of math class. But the bottom line is I learned that I could learn math, and it, it took that special teacher to be able to find out what my problem was or care enough to tell me what my problem was. He said, your problem is you're trying to sit your homework down and try to do it on Sunday night. He said, you need to practice it every day. If you practice it every day, you can grasp this thing, but the way you're trying to do it, you're not going to do that. Mm-mm. And people, and this is the thing about educators learning over down through the years, as I told them last night, what's going on in JPS, if you guys weren't so self-absorbed, you'd get some of those old teachers who are sitting in your uh, uh, church pews and get their lessons books from the 60s, 70s, and 80s when they were actually educating kids and use those lesson books and throw away all these folks come out here with these PhDs with a thesis and they got a little pamphlet they want to try on the kids. No. Go back to the old tried and true phonics and uh, a lot of stuff is going to take care of itself. Yep. If people would just get out of the way. Get out of the way. And uh, allow for adaptive learning for kids who are most often brilliant. Most of my smarter friends had a lot of trouble in school, mm-hmm. both behavioral and attention focused. Well, and all of them are successful today. Uh, I don't hang out with crackheads. <laughs> I'll hang up and enjoy Thanks. the rest of the show. Thanks, Good Jeff. Talk to you, my friend. Appreciate you. Yeah, it, it'd be like how disappointed my mother was when she came to the school when she found out that I didn't have one of those acronyms and problems. You mean I ain't gonna get no check? What? Look at him sitting over there drooling, <laughs> open forehead, beady eyes. Something wrong with him, ma'am. Your child is just stupid, just plain old God. Oh Lord, she cried more about me being stupid and can't get a check than the fact that I was stupid. And then she said, "I got all these kids. I got eleven kids. I got to be able to get a check from somebody." Look at that one over there. What 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 their problem is? <laughs> no, I just. Anyway, folks, I'm telling you, the world is screwed up. But no, seriously, to black folks, really, cut the crap. We are, we are our own worst problem. We're not trying to. What we're doing is preventing solutions in our community, all because you got these old blacks like myself in my age group, who basically carved up the black community like Europe carved up Africa, and they think they own seg- certain segments of the black community. In this case, these people, many of them former educators, they think they own, own the education process and they get to do. Here's the deal. We don't care as long as you're producing a product where these kids have been socialized and they can stand on their feet when they graduate. You're not even willing to do that. You just want to check. 
And I'm saying, dude, are you? We're not going to do this. Same thing I'm saying to Socrates and, and, and Marcus Wallace and all those guys trying to gear up for a mayor run. Dude, we don't want y'all crap. You got the same problem that Dr. Ivory and them have. You guys don't want to leave the stage. That 60s, 70s, 80s crap y'all been doing, y'all don't war us out on that, bro. Y'all don't war us out. We ain't got no more to give. Y'all taking the blood and bone marrow out of the black community. Y'all need to raise up off that BS. WNPI, with all due respect, you know, y'all birthed me. But y'all need to get some positive messages over there. That crap y'all talking is, that's the 80, 90s crap. These young kids, need to, they need to hear some hope. Not all this we, woe is, woe is me crap. Dr. Phillips, nothing wrong with you. Bro, take, take your position on opposing charter schools. But public schools wouldn't even have charter school problems if they were doing their job. And you won't even use your influence. You, I asked them, I said, now, are, are you guys the ones who got the uh, contract rescinded where the Jackson Public School was going to lease Rowan Middle School to the uh, Midtown Charter Schools? <laughs> well, I guess we can take credit for that. <laughs> take a look, credit. I was appalled. And they were talking about all the different things they could do with these closed schools. And I'm saying, why don't y'all do it? Y'all in this meeting all here? Go get Rowan Middle School. You know why they ain't doing it? Ain't nobody got no money to do it. And then they're mad at charter schools. They gave me a copy of this printout from the Secretary of State's office showing that the charter school was uh, a private uh, 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 corporation, a business for profit. And I'm thinking, okay, what's your point? And I'm going to tell you what they said when we come back. We'll be right back. All right, folks, we're back. And it is Tuesday. Glad to be back in the studios again today. It's your host. It's Radio Strongman. Who, by the way, we're going to tell you about Home Care Plus. Folks, they continue to just deliver outstanding service. I get comments all the time. Man, you know what? I went over there and they, man, they just held my hand and carried me around to all the things that affect the concerns that I had, yada, yada, yada. Folks, I know that's where I shop at, Home Care Plus, 864 Wilson Drive. Uh, if you have problems uh, with uh, needing an oxygen tank, you, they have the shoulder carry. Uh, if you need one of those pride lift chairs, the ones that will put you to a standing position, if you have problems getting up, folks, they have, not only that, they're resourceful. They have two pharmacists on staff. Of course, Lee and Jenny, they're both pharmacists themselves, the owners, and uh, they've got two pharmacists on staff. They can help you with all your pharma prescriptions, pharmaceutical needs. In addition to that, all your medical equipment, if you got equipment that you can't have not been satisfied with the service you're getting, they provide service on that, too. They have a, a showroom and a storeroom with all the products available right there on the spot. Carry out with you. So I just encourage you and I encourage all my listeners to browse the showroom of Home Care Plus, 864 Wilson Drive. And when I tell you to do that, it's because they have so many items that you didn't think you, you know what I could use that. And, of course, their staff are very, very resourceful. When it comes to those pride chairs, lift chairs, Reggie's your guy. Call over there. Or if you just need, let's just say whatever you need. If you got, if you, What is the CPAP? Everything. They will fit you for your CPAP. Make sure you get a good fit. A lot of times people just go in and say, oh, yeah, we have CPAPs here. Give you something over the counter. No, 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 no. Because they know this is to help you sleep. And if it's not comfortable, you can't sleep. Home Care Plus. They go the extra mile. They've been doing it. That's the way they roll at Home Care Plus. 
864 Wilson Drive. The number over there is 957 9174. I've been telling you they close at four. They close at 2.30 on Saturdays. I had to find that out myself. Went over there. Oh, wait, they're not here. So they close at 2.30 on Saturdays and they're open till 6 in the evenings. Well, it's somewhere around 6 o'clock. But anyway, make sure you get by there, okay? Home Care Plus. All right, folks. Uh, regarding the charter schools and what I'm saying to the black community, and to, no, let me say this to the white community. The greater community, the other community, everybody non-black. Don't put up with our crap. Black folks are full of crap. We are not serious about solving these problems. And many of you folks, some have good intentions. Some of them have uh, uh, motives that are not pure for whatever reason for why you are concerned, deal with, or fool with black folks and their problems. But here's the deal. Black folks ain't interested in solving these problems. Well, I, I heard that last night. They were more concerned about the fact that they knew that they were right about charter schools or what. And I'm saying, dude, okay, you're right, whatever. These kids are going to pass through these grades one time, most of them. Some, some might go three or four times, but you get my point. These kids are going to pass through these grades one time. And we're sitting up here high-hatting, playing with these kids' lives. And rather than getting Jackson Public School and its board on point to deliver a quality education, we're up here pursuing all these abstract ideals about when we come together and if we had a community school and if we... Dude, you're just moving chairs around on the Titanic. You ain't have any real solutions. And y'all, many of you... Again, we dominate the compassion industry with our degrees in criminology, social work, political science, uh, urban studies, and all that kind of stuff. And yet, ain't nothing getting fixed. Now, that's not where we need to be focusing. But now, to you guilt-ridden white folks, if you want to just run yourself ragged on the weekend worrying about black folks and their issues, fine, whatever. Whatever floats your boat. But I think the whole of humanity will do better if we just let black folks hit flat bottom. If we if we ain't going to pick ourselves up, then we won't get picked up. Save everybody some hassle. Jackson ain't messed up because of racism. Jackson's messed up because we have corrupt leadership like Chokeway. We have indifferent leadership like JPS. And we have folks corrupt and indifferent leadership in too many of the so-called set-aside Negroes who are preying on this city. That's why I'm telling Sock and Mark, man, look, ain't no need of y'all running. I'm just telling you, dog, you got a lot of damn nerve to be coming back to the people of Jackson talking about what you're going to do for us. Bruh. Like Frederick Douglass told a white man, do nothing for us, please. Just back off. But we see the same thing, that same mentality with these old blacks who got theirs in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, and the 90s, and they don't want to get up off the stage. They won't come up with no new ideas. And Matter of fact, they won't elevate their game. And y'all can get mad at me all you want. And I've invited those guys on there, just like I've invited Sock and I've invited Marcus Wallace, Marcus Wallace on here. They ain't going to come because they're going to have to defend them. They can go over WMPR and they can sell that noise to them folks and them folks buy it every time. That's why I keep telling white folks, you're wasting your time. Now, if you just want to worry about it, go ahead on. And I'm not running interference with white people. I'm just saying, hey, man, uh, that's a dry hole there. These are our kids running amok. They know them kids after they get done being used by the Southern Poverty Law Center and NAACP Legal Defense Fund and ACLU to go to federal court to sue on behalf of these poor people and look at the stats and look at the evidence of racism and discrimination and all that crap. 
And after they get done using them, after these kids grow too big to be in high school anymore, then they stand out in front of the stop and go when they're breaking in your car, when they're carjacking you at the corner. These Negroes ain't concerned. Sheriff Tyree ain't asking, what are these kids' educational level when they come into my house of、uh, worship down here at the Raymond Detention Center? Nobody's concerned about these stats anymore. But that's exactly where they came from. When you see these people walking the streets acting like they're talking to themselves and crazy, you know what? Most of them ain't nothing wrong with them. They just done got too old. They know they don't have an education. They didn't take their lives serious. Nobody sold into them. And now they got to act like they're crazy to justify them living on the street. Nah, Hoss. Back when we were Negroes, we didn't have this many folks walking around here with these issues. Black Democrats is the source of the black community's problems and the source of Mississippi's problems, the source of America's problems. They delivered China Joe to America through that vote fraud and happy about it. But, baby, you ain't seen racism until you see no Chinese put some racism on you. Let's go to Steve. Appreciate you holding, buddy. Chinese put some racism on you. Let's go to Steve. Appreciate you holding, buddy. Hey. Hey, Kim. What's up? Kim, I, I'd, like to, I'd like to hear some real po- powerful voices on this、uh, charter school business.、Mm-hmm. Okay? okay? And yours is very powerful. And you raise many, many good points. But I'd like to challenge the listening audience all you parents that send your kids to these charter schools,、mm-hmm. tell us why. Tell us why you get up and cook breakfast, and tell us why you get the kids dressed,、mm-hmm. and tell us why you haul them down there,、right. and, and tell us why you pay monthly、mm-hmm. and support and bake cookies.、Mm-hmm. And it, when you tell us why, you're going to be telling us why you're running from public schools. That's right. Yeah, because the public schools. I, I, I want to hear the folks with skin in the game.、Amen. You make a very eloquent. Prologue. But I'd like to hear of the combatants. And I bet there are some out there in your audience. Well, we extend the invitation to anyone、uh, who can tell us the、uh, charter school experience.、Uh, whether you well, have kids in there now or had kids in there, or you just support them and the reasons why. And, 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 and I'm going to harken back to a point you made.、Uh, what are you getting from the public schools? What, why are your. Uh, 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 teachers in, in, in uh, uh, charter schools. What are you getting? What do you have to do to get the kids to the point that the, the concerned parents are pleased with what's going on? Right. That's right. And see, that's the, and that's, that was the point I was making.、Uh, JPS, they had a monopoly, but they just got so comfortable, so indifferent. So, broke to a blind man's dreams and his pleas. Hey, man, could you educate us while, we're holding, while you're holding us up over here?、Uh, they wouldn't even do that. And now they're facing losses. Jackson Public Schools has lost a third of its uh, 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 students over a 10 year period, from 30,000 down to about 20,000. And they haven't done any, any other time. They're doing studies and grants and try, trying to figure out why Johnny can't read. Bro, you need to find out why Johnny's running. Well,、uh, and, and of course, What's infuriating about it, okay,、mm-hmm. is, you know, the guys that invented the atomic bomb,、mm-hmm. the guys that, it, that sent us to the moon, they were all educated 
way back there in the 40s and 50s when we didn't know nothing. And you had to learn math longhand with a pencil. Oh, oh and a slide rule. <laughs> uh, the point being, my, my, my wife's a teacher, my mama was a teacher, my sister's a teacher, my aunts were teachers. And before you can teach them anything, you got to make them sit down in their chairs, look and listen to their, you know, the eye gate and the ear gate. Mm-hmm. Shut up and pay attention. That's right. Get their attention. Yeah, yeah, you, until you can communicate, what are, what are you doing but babysitting? That's it. And, that- and, and of course, uh, uh, charter school parents are going, this is dreadful. This has got to be better than that. Well, and that's the one, like they talk about the performance of the charter schools. If the charter schools just create an environment where the kids wants to show up, that's an improvement. Because, I mean, if it's it, fed yeah, with fed. lunch. Yeah, ready, and ready to learn. Uh, excuse me, and, and, and I hearken back. Let me tell you, uh, I, I bought a big dog one time. And this, this, this uh, 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 reader that sold me the dog gave me a book with it. And it said, good masters, great dogs. And I realized, if you care about what the dog does, you'll pay attention, watch over him, and and work to the results you want. There you go. And it is the exact same way with children. Oh, my. Well said. Brother, we're up against a break. Thanks. See you, buddy. Bye. All right. And we do extend an invitation to anybody in charter schools, teachers, administrators, parents. Uh, we'd love to have you call in, come in, stop by any way we can. Folks, this is what I'm saying to the black men. Come on, guys. You guys are wasting. I mean, we, we pretty much wasted at least two generations of, of, of our kids with our anger and our foolishness. We got our kids walking around with chips on their damn shoulders in the face of all this opportunity. Seriously. Folks in my age group, Dr. Ivory and Sock and Marcus, you guys need to raise up, man. You guys are riding us like sea biscuit. You riding the black community too hard with this stuff. People need to have choice. If the public schools was doing a good job, you, you wouldn't find a bigger cheerleader than me. But when you're not performing, and then you guys are worried about the fact that the charter schools are being financed by wealthy business people and they set it up as a business. Hoss, you took a paycheck every month. It wasn't like you were doing what you were doing for free. And business is what runs the world, the dollar bill, baby. You got to have some money in this land of milk and honey. Now, you got all these black millionaires ain't putting no money up to educate our black kids. And you mad at white folks who do it? That's why I tell white folks what you need to do. Fold your arm and button your purse. And let Benny Thompson and all these other wealthy blacks put some money up for this. And you're going to find out they ain't putting up a dime. You can write that in blood. What we're going to do is take a break back in 22 hours. Y'all welcome to come on the program. You just got to cover your ground you stand on. If you're scared, stay home. <laughs> 